everybody, and welcome back to the Bad Take Sports Podcast. Uh, we're gonna have a pretty fun show for you today. Got a lot of a uh, lot of stuff to talk about. Um, it's me. I'm Luke. I'm here, and today I'm joined with these two guys. Oh, it's your boy Blair. And from Chai Town, it's Dan. It's starting to be my weather now. <laughs> No. Yes. I'm, I'm from California. <laughs> I don't like this. All right. Uh, okay. So let's start, and we're going to talk NBA because we just got the new season going. Um, let's, I guess, jump off like what our initial thoughts of the, the opening opening weekend right. went. I think I'll, uh, I'll take this one just for uh, at least the first few games that I watched. Uh my take on the Lakers being in the fourth or fifth seed seems to have been a uh, colossally bad take. Um, and uh, the Magic have seemed to have uh, struck gold as of right now. Um, our rookie, uh, Paolo Bancaro, is among uh, some elite uh, company. He scored 25-5-5 five, and five in a game in his first game, and there's only two other players ever to do that, LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yikes. So, uh... Yeah, so so game one, uh, he... 23 points, five rebounds, three assists, six of 19 from the field. Uh, next game, 20 points, six of 18 from the field with 12 rebounds and two assists, and then just at... Oh, sorry, and then uh, Detroit was the 27 points... 11 of 18, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. So he's uh, averaging 23.3 points a game, uh, shooting about 41% from the field, uh, averaging 8.7 rebounds and 3.3 assists a game. And uh, not to, not to you know, just because of that pick I made for us on our uh, fantasy league, he has actually, bowl, looked, bowl, right? he's actually yeah. looked pretty good on the Magic. Like, just trying to figure him into the rotation because we are a huge team. We are taller than basically any team if we want to. Like, uh, in the uh, Detroit game, uh, Cole Anthony didn't play. So Suggs was in. Suggs fouled out in the fourth quarter. So we had point fronds, and I think there was a, a point in the game where not anyone on our court besides RJ Hampton was under 6'10". Mm-hmm. That's cool. Why? Why isn't it resulting? Why aren't they? Why aren't they winning? <laughs> well, I don't because everyone's it. young. The only person who has any experience on the magic is Terrence Ross. But so I'd like <laughs> to see what they're. And again, you run into this every single year with basketball. the The first like few games are so turnover happy; mm. it's ridiculous. You're seeing nineteen, twenty turnovers a game. From teams that are From even teams. supposedly good, right, too. right, yeah. and it, that goes away. That it's it's like holding calls at the beginning of the NFL and offsides calls. It's just something that you know you work through. It cleans up, and it cleans up. But like that's turnovers, especially especially turnovers in the first first couple games are just always going to be rough. But I saw a lot of those happening in Orlando too, and that could be part of it in pivotal possessions when they needed and to I score. Think, I think. Markel Fultz coming back is going to be huge for this team. And I know oh, everyone yeah. is just going to collectively sigh. All the Philly fans are just like, really? Come on, this guy again. But like, <laughs> he's the best uh, playmaker on the team. So, because yeah. Cole is definitely our uh, our uh, shooter guard. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really run the point well. So we just need that other guy. But 
so tell me, uh, what happened? What's going on with this uh, tank for Wembenyana uh, experiment with the Jazz? It's not going well so far. Um, um, it, it, I think we need. What is that movie? Major League, where the owner of the Indians <laughs> comes down and right. has to give the players a stern "What's up?" Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Is that what Danny Ainge has to do? Right. But you know, okay. But having said that, like because. NBA discourse is so focused on star narrative. It was actually kind of understandable that people would just assume the Jazz are tanking. And yet, all offseason, what have we heard from the Jazz front office? We're not tanking. We're just retooling. We swear. And everybody, you know, in their justified cynicism says, okay, that's a big eye roll. You right. guys are tanking. You're just switch, switching words like, around. Yeah, that's what but you have to say. But what if they actually did just kind of accidentally or otherwise build like a 43-win money ball team? <laughs> Because right. look at it. Okay, you say, "Oh, this is a rebuilding team." Who are you rebuilding, dude? There's what? There is not one single young developmental piece on here. Don't tell me Colin Sexton and Laurie Markin are not developmental pieces. They're fucking twenty six. They're not going to take some new magical leap to some place ever been before. But I did watch that dunk on uh, Jokic. That was okay. Uh, marking it. Okay, marking it. No, can, no, Sexton. Oh, Sexton. That, was, the, that the, was a thing of beauty. The drive, right? The drive. Yeah, especially where he like wiped his foot off. I think that was funny. But okay, but look at the Jazz roster. There's ten wow. usable NBA dudes on it that all actually belong so, in the NBA. There's no like rookie prospect to develop, other than Oche Abaji and Walker Kessler. But Kessler's usable right out of the box. So Sexton is 23 and Markinen's 25. But like... Markinen is younger than Donovan Mitchell. 20, okay, but yeah, Markinen, we already know what we can do. The Bulls just got sick of it and we're just like, yeah, you're not quite good enough at all of that Dirk stuff, so just go stand in the corner. Like, that's why Markinen is what he is now. It's because they already tried making him be the all-around dude you saw in Eurobasket, and he does it at, like, a below-average efficiency clip, and so he just gets relegated. You know what I mean? So we'll see if I mean, he can hang on to look, it this he's year. He's looking good this year. Eh, his three-point three, three shot's got to get better. It looks great, but it still only goes in at, like, a 32%. See, you got to chuckle out of me in our uh, chat when you compared him to Vooch with that beautiful shot Because oh, it is, but then it goes just... in at 36%. It's so, like, okay. So this is, and, and um, we'll kind of touch on the, and Sexton, the Lakers. by the way, is the, in the, uh, according to David Locke on Locked on Jazz podcast, in the fourth percentile for assist rate. Right. You cannot have yeah. a six foot one guard who averages an assist and a turnover per game. And it's funny it's uh, on the on work. the and uh, like the game uh, announcers they always talk about how how long the the Jazz are compared to last year. And I was like, unless you're counting the guard positions, right? Because then you have the two shortest guys right. on the team. I mean, they on this team, so right. Um, but uh, and we'll talk about it on the the when we get to talking about the Lakers and there, but one thing that um, Candace Parker, I think needs to announce many, many more games because she is awesome. You know, the, during the Lakers Clippers games, they're like, why are they not just giving the ball to LeBron in the mid post? <laughs> no one is going to stop LeBron in the mid post. It is impossible. He's too big. He's too quick. He's too talented. Why are they shooting threes? Why it's either a dunk, a layup, or a three. That is it. And she and I've like, thank you, Candace Parker. I have been yelling this for three years now. Just give it to these hyper talented players in a like listen, it's not as high a percentage shot as a layup, right? But it's a pretty good shot. Like Embiid. Can you imagine his numbers? Specifically with LeBron, Giannis, Booker, and then watching 
watching Markinen do it for the Jazz. Okay, I will. Markinen does have that mid range turnaround Put him right, nailed yes. down, and his height. Yes. It is a great go to shot. I give him that. I just. I guess what I'm saying to me, actually, the real problem with the Jazz is they have like five shooting guards, and the problem is you can't really develop "quote unquote" Colin Sexton with Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley in the way because Sexton's skill set is six man gunner. That's all he's going to end up doing on any kind of good team. That's why Cleveland gave up on him. It's because Darius Garland is out here averaging like nine assists a game at the same height. That's what you got to have. You either got to be Patrick Beverly defensive intensity, or you got to be CP point god if you're going to be six foot one in the NBA. Otherwise, you're just another run of the mill bucket getter. So that's um, so they're going to have a, to trade Clarkson or something. There is a talking about like tanking, but there's a uh, he is a I believe he's a sophomore this year for Arkansas, uh, who is a six foot seven point guard who is. I think he's averaging like 12 point, uh, like last year it was like 12.2 assists a game or something mm. like that. <sighs> Dang, that's crazy. And for so level. even if we drop out of the victor sweepstakes, there's someone like that sitting out there which as well, which I think would, right, I would be amazing. I, but so what if this Jazz team goes on like some sort of run? Do you think that increases their chances I mean, of st- getting some sort of free agent to come in and want to play with oh, this never, unit? Oh, no, never. No, that or that, is that it, never happens. Is that, is that not going to happen? Though? Especially because okay. we Mitchell anymore. I feel like if we had Mitchell, maybe, because maybe he's got enough. But it's like, didn't he also have a problem yeah, running point? He, did. he can't, he nope. can't run point, right? Like he's not. Uh, he that, can, but because it's well, like from what from what I understood as, as as from the outside coming in, it was like he was drafted, and like his defense was like one of the best things he had coming out of Louisville. Right, and then he comes to Utah, turns into an offensive weapon, and then the games that I watched, it didn't look like he had the like want to be the facilitator I would guy. Say he wanted that. to be the guy with the ball in his hand I would say scoring. it's the want because talent wise I have seen that man whip cross court lasers with both hands baseball pass style mm-hmm. perfect passes like he can he like okay look at his first game in Cleveland 31 points 9 assists right that's already more assists than Colin Sexton's probably had in any game ever so to say he did, can't doesn't facilitate I agree with you it's not his like nature to be that his like go to thing but when you put him in an egalitarian swing offense like you had under Quinn Snyder or what you know most teams espouse, like ball movement, get to the next best pass, like Mitchell can do that. Mitchell can at least move the ball if you tell him to. Unless your name's Gobert. Yeah. But, or or if you're the Jazz and you just, you know, you can look around you and see that, well, it's either I'm going to do this or Boyan Bogdanovich because Mike Conley's ass is too slow to get by anybody. His floater doesn't work anymore and we have nobody else to create offense. But on the team, so, he is probably the best passer. Well, I mean, him and Conley were the well, best passers. Well, that's why I'm saying Conley. That's, yeah, what, like, that's what I'm cur- currently But when team. you actually looked at how the Jazz box scores went in the years Mitchell would hear, right, he, right, he right. was here, the Jazz offense was such that nobody was going to get 10, 12, 14 yeah. assists. It was everybody gets six. The thing the thing that I'm liking about the, the Jazz this year, because in previous years you would have Gobert 18 to 20 on a good night, Mitchell around 30. And they're, then everyone else at like nine, ten points. But yeah. then you look at the box score from the last couple games. It's like he had seventeen, he had thirteen, he had fifteen, he had nineteen, he had twenty, he had eleven, he had ten, he had fourteen, all the way down. Mm-hmm. I believe they had uh, 
in the first two games, I think it was like 39 assists. Yeah, I was just about to make that point. I think that was the Timberwolf game, yeah, the the, 39. I mean, they had an overtime period to help, but still like 34 of them came in regular uh, regular time. I'm still kind of... uh, uh, new to like totals of a game so like what is it is, is that an incredible Aver- amount nba to team have nba teams average like low to mid 20s okay. okay and then the really good teams average like 27 to 30 assists a game like golden state okay right. okay uh you said golden state made me think of this video i saw it was like what it's like guarding steph <clears throat> and they a guy in a steph jersey passes the ball and then runs jumps over a car jumps over a fence, sprints around the back of the house, <laughs> catches it on the other side of the house and shoots a three-pointer. And he's like, yep. And it's like first-person view of the defender trying to chase him. All right. I also just wanted to say shout-out Will Hardy. I mean, it's two games. Who knows? He could end up being a not-good coach. But right. it looks like players are trying to do what he says and buying in, and he's... Well, it's like all these guys just got traded here. I right. feel like there's a massive chip on their shoulder. Oh, there I, I would. And they hear like, the noise. It, yeah, they hear that. Yeah, and they're you like, saw it in Vanderbilt's dunk after the game was over that was like that was some shit you don't see in nba (laughs) games they usually are like no don't disrespect the other team like that he was like fuck it i'm gonna dunk it that's the thing thing i love about basketball is you can just maximum disrespect is usually encouraged like that's the best drama in the nba is when it's just players just absolutely going at each other's throats Mm -hmm. that's when we get peak nba drama and like we've said here many times, NBA drama is much less uh, uh, disgusting in nature than NFL drama. Yeah. Because it's like, I'd rather be talking about, you know. As bad as it was, even Draymond punching someone in the face directly, it pretty much pales in comparison to the right. Deshaun Watson. To 25 thing. now. 25? <laughs> Six. 26. Six. 26. 26 now. Yeah. Uh, um, accusers. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll move on. F- we'll move on from the Jazz. Um, even though I I I think Markinen's my favorite player to watch because the way, especially when he's not shooting threes, is the way that I played basketball mm. growing up. I didn't shoot threes, but like that mid again, we talked about it. That mid range game, that the, the going going to the hoop, the way like when he get that strong dribble on the baseline, backing up into someone and banking one in. I was like, that was like Carlos Boozer stuff. Right. Like that's what he used to do. So I was like, I like I like having a big that I also can score. I really wish that okay, so they did win time, but Markinen uh-huh. took the last shot in the fourth quarter. He crossed the shit out of Gobert oh, yeah. to launch a step back three. Uh, and if he would have made that, it would have been so sweet. Like on top the, of the dunk. Get the game winner over Gobert. On top oh. of the dunk. That dunk was nasty yeah so since you guys watched that game i just want to touch on the timberwolves real quick what is that uh, experiment looking like is it it's, is it is it working exactly like i thought it would i think or is it's it... too early because it's again every team's they, they haven't still got played real games there's no chemistry there's 80 yet. games left for most teams like there's d-lo plenty looks of time. pretty good yeah. i will say i think something from what i've read cat is just off like he lost but he lost like 15 pounds he's getting over being sick he's kind of mm. not in the flow right Gobert he, he played exactly like Gobert. Yep. I oh that I think you and I both had this thought, Luke. How soon? What is the over under on how many games until Gobert starts bitching about not getting Ooh, enough touches? Yeah. <laughs> because it's exactly what you got in Utah. Uh-huh. Like eight touches, didn't make three yeah. throws in Utah. But is it but is it also a product of the people giving him the ball are actually 
when he's open are giving him the ball, not Donovan Mitchell doing the pick and roll. Rudy's wide open and he's just like, nah, like, well, maybe the guys he's rolling with now are actually like, okay, this play's designed for you. I'm tossing the ball up to you. They'll do that for 20, 30 games until they see exactly what the Jazz saw, that in the end, no matter how hard you try that, no matter how bad you want that to be a thing, Rudy's going to fumble the ball, get stripped, have bad footwork, and have no touch. So yeah, they'll try. <laughs> it I, won't I, work. I honestly think it'll... I think... I think I, the Jazz tried that shit so I many think, times. I still think, though, I think with the talent on Minnesota, even if there is chemistry issues and they're still going to make the playoffs. I'd argue Rudy's in for an even worse time because his surrounding teammates are even more talented. And it's funny because uh, one thing, <laughs> again, I said we were reasoning. done talking about the jazz, but I'm back on them. Um, the, you, you, just can tell, them. you can tell <laughs> this team um, doesn't have that locker room distraction and oh, stuff. Yes. And they're all guys that are just, they're just going to play hard. They don't expect to. Well, they expect to win. They don't expect to well, win a title. You know what I mean? You know, they're all just the... like, all right. And especially that Minnesota game, you could tell like the Vanderbilts, the Beasleys, the guys that were traded there were like, okay, all right, cool. They had that little bit of chip, but I didn't see any chip on Gobert's shoulders. We'll see it maybe when he comes back. Wasn't here. there even a quote he even said he at the beginning of the game and during the intros he still felt like he was in Utah? Yeah. I saw that quote. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Also, uh, is it strange to you guys that Will Hardy has a, a very, very um, a big likeness to Walker Kessler? He does. They look like they could be brothers. Yeah, he's just like a slightly blonder haired. <laughs> they have the same. I think it's the jaw. Yeah. They have the big. And also Kessler and Markkanen out there, kind both the being same. number 23 and number 24 and being Huge. tall, skinny white guys with the sleeve on their arm, I'm like, someone needs to change up. Someone needs to wear a headband. Or Walker Kessler Please. just needs to start letting loose that three ball that he kept hiding at Auburn, and then they're just interchangeable. I think Walker, like, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on I'm this I'm telling you, later. someday he's going to get, he's going to shoot threes. Um, so, uh, so let's, let's, I actually wanted to jump over to, we talked about like the jazz being surprised, like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Um, uh, and we talked about Gobert not hitting free throws. I do, I do want to touch on the, Suns and Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> where Dame got in that man's head by asking, you ever been in this situation before? And uh, cool. for context, DeAndre Ayton is the target of that, in case you're yes. wondering, uh, similar to the uh, Game like, 7 I collapse against the I don't know what much more this guy can do to cement that he's my favorite singular player right now. Like, every year. He, it was it's just, just like, like low-key trash talk. Like, he didn't come up and, like, insult the guy. He said, hey, you ever been in this position before? Right. Oh, okay, just, cool. I no, love I just lo- checking. Just I, wanted to make sure. Yeah. I love that. I you lo- got this? Yeah, no, yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. love... No, that is my favorite kind of trash talk. The, like, clever, not overly mean-spirited. Right, you're not right. relying Repeating on cuss your, words uh, and your opponent's vitriol. girlfriend's phone number uh, over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, jump, jump over to football. One of my favorite trash talkers of all time was uh, John Randall for the uh, Vikings. Because he used to, like... This is, you know, early internet, so he would have had to do some real digging and research and game prep for the offensive lineman he would go up against. There was a 49ers center named Eric Heitman for a long time, and he said he went down to snap the ball, and John Randall gets up on the other side, and he goes, hey, what's going on, piano man? Mm -hmm. And he's like, how the hell does he know I play the piano? (laughs) <laughs> like it just got in his head, and then he's like, "I'm, you know what? I'm going to send a nice, 
a box of chocolates to your sister Agatha at Gonzaga. And he's like, how did... Mm. He's, like, he's like, and it took him. He got past me a couple times before I was like, okay, okay, get him, get him, get him out of my head. But, like, that stuff, that stuff's great. But um, the Trailblazers looking good. Please I mean, come healthy on. dame, healthy dame will do that. Um, no one sitting at this table wouldn't. You, no one sitting here would be upset if the Trailblazers won it all. No, oh, like yeah, they're they're like they're they're like the Jazz. They're the only game in Portland, so that city would go nuts. And that means they're going to rack up some wins against the T Wolves while they're at it, which helps our draft <laughs> stock. So yes. cool. Um, but uh, let's talk about Philadelphia. Go Lamar. <laughs> um, so. Philadelphia, we saw the opening game against Boston. And they made a rally. They, you know, they were fighting back. Ended up falling in that game. I saw that one. I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's first game. Getting it, you know, getting out there. Getting going. Uh, And then they go out and drop their second game. And then last night, they go and drop their third game against a Spurs team that is supposed to be on, like, the level of the Jazz at the bottom of the league. And Philly just can't in their home games. Mm. They're dropping home games. Like the, the Boston one yeah, was the on Boston the road. One is... But the other two were back-to-back home games that they dropped. And you're just like, I don't... I'm telling you, I've never believed in Philly. I don't care how good they are on paper. I've been consistent with that. I have just I just don't believe in Joel Embiid or James Harden. And before but James, they had Harden James Harden took Harden, a pay cut so that they could get more <laughs> talent. Yeah, but that's not what I don't believe in. I actually believe in him <laughs> as a... Uh, He's a guy that tries to do the smart thing and the right thing. It's just he has no clutch gene in him, right, none. Right. And you know, I, I don't. He kind of does low key versions of what Ben Simmons does. He shies away and defers in big moments, and then when he does give in and shoot and take the ball when it, you need, it, misses. And it's sad because actually, I mean, I only really watched in full that first game, but like Harden's burst looks somewhat back he definitely looks better than he has the last two seasons so i want to talk about that first game where he he um crossed over marcus smart and then marcus smart flopped all the way down to the baseline james harden does a little shimmy then misses the three i was like you cannot do that you cannot and they keep showing the highlight oh look what james harden did i was like a get a foul so that was a flop that wasn't that wasn't a oh he broke his ankles and then he missed the shot and then they didn't even get the rebound no no that's that's right <laughs> there like, that oh is my a God. that is a microcosm or uh, microcosm of why i kind of hate casuals because like all right yeah. all right yeah this is bad takes. <laughs> wow. this all is right. this is bad right. take this is bad take sports that you could argue Damn. oh you're a casual okay but i'm not so much of a casual Jeez. that i'm gonna be one of those guys that watches these little tiktok loops of <laughs> this is the dirtiest <laughs> crossover ever and it plays that slow down and there's even one of james harden where it's like that slow down music and he does a little shimmy and then not even show the shot afterward right. because we don't even care right. about the result of the shot right. we just care that oh look at this sick move and it's like it's and not that, how you win in the, anything in the, any profession on the uh timberwolves like, uh broadcast which i was watching which i do want to touch on that um probably one of the most unbiased home broadcasters like that i watched mm. uh, i really really enjoyed the broadcast team during the um during the Minnesota game, but they have like, cause I was watching a, a stream where it was showing like the, in the stadium kind of, um, camera and they had like, you know, the, the Timberwolves players, what would you rather have a, a crossover or a dunk? 
and 80% of them said crossover. And I was like, why? A dunk is points. Right. A dunk is points. Literally, like, instant it's, points. And they're, like, and they're like, oh, there's so much you can do out of the crossover. I was like, what? Like, attempt another thing to score some points? Or... You just have some points. Score some points. And it, you did see a definite line, though, between big men versus little guys. All the big men were like, dunk, because I can't do a crossover. <laughs> um, or like steal versus block. Would you rather get a steal okay, or a block? that's a much more fair question. That's that, a, that, there's that an one, easy one That for one me. was 100% right. If you were a, a big forward or a center, it was block. If Man. you were a guard, it was a steal. And I, um, as a recreational combo three two or whatever the hell you would call me uh i really can't decide because i there's a block okay because steel all right no no no. specifically (laughs) perimeter blocks are my favorite if i can block someone's three-point shot okay those are cool looking but perimeter blocks are harder to get and likewise that's why steals i also love because they're really hard to get stealing without fouling is hard yeah, see, I just, like, the the thought of sing up to just, like, oh, easy two points, and then all of a sudden it's in the fifth row. Or even better, okay, block yeah. it to a teammate, the Bill ste- Russell the, style. The steals always get you the bigger oh shit moment, though. For yeah, sure. Well, are you always. kidding me? LeBron James' LeBron biggest the- moment <laughs> is a chase down block. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's It was the bigger oh shit. You know what I mean? It gets, yeah. it's, that's the, bi- yeah. the, no, it's better that way, but yeah. steals are I am so proud of myself when I like, get a Like, you steal, know LeBron though. James has a fucking disgusting steal, but it's not in his top five plays of all time. No, you're, I think you guys are right. I just, yeah. as a actually being on a court playing basketball, like, getting steals for me is really hard, so I'm super happy if I get one. Yeah. See, if I get a steal, I immediately pass it away, and I'm like, cool. I wish I would have blocked him. Oh, by the way, I'm talking. I'm not talking intercepting <laughs> passes. I'm talking face guarding a dude, and he's dribbling, trying to cross you over, and you... Steal his his cookies. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, um, I mean, it depends uh, on like, because if I'm doing it to another big guy, I'm not like, I I don't feel as proud of it. But if it's like, you know, someone who actually has handles and I steal it from them, you know, you do the, mm hmm, mm hmm. (laughs) Um, so also, uh, the Lakers, um, They are not doing so well right now. And surprise, um, I'm trying to, I had it pulled up. The Lakers three-point percentage right now. Is... I'll fill in for you. So uh, their game, was it against the, uh, oh, hell, not the, not the Warriors. It was Clippers? The Clippers, the one where they shot one for 25 in their mm-hmm. backcourt between Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, and West, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Which nobody expects anything from Westbrook, but, you know, Beverly and Nunn can actually shoot. I think part of the problem is Beverly is trying to take like off the bounce, pull up threes, transition threes. Like he's right. a spot up standstill shooter. Right. So their current three point percentage is twenty two point four zero. Wow. Even um, with small sample size, that's amazing. They average their average forty two and a half three pointers a game. And that's where everybody's at problem 22%. lies. Twenty-two percent. Because at some time, at some point, if you know you aren't a very good three-point shooting team, <sighs> you've got. I'm not saying you can't take none because modern NBA, the way spread offense works, right. blah blah blah. If you have the shot, you, you got to you got to take some. I, I, it's, you're going to probably take two dozen bare minimum in mm. modern NBA, but like 
man, why are you taking, why are you trying to run the same? Cause look, man, everybody's trying to do some version of either the, like the Spurs, jazz warriors, like inside out thing where every shot has to be a three or a dunk and screw the mid range. Cause what's the point, right? Like why shoot 47% from mid range? Right. But if you don't have the roster, that only works because it's in predicated on the idea that you have enough shooters that through sheer volume, you will return to the mean within one single NBA game, right? Mm-hmm. But that only makes any sense if you've actually got four capable, at least I'd say four capable shooters. Right. Because that's when you can jack up 40-something threes and rely on volume if you start out cold to catch you up to 15 or 20 made threes in a game. Right. But that only, again... That works on the prime Rockets. That works on the prime Spurs or the Jazz in the bubble year or whatever, but mm-hmm. not for the Lakers. Right. And then when LeBron comes out and says, we're not built as a three-point shooting team, that we're not just a bunch of shooters shooting lasers. Right. It's like, then why are you still doing it? Also, I thought really <laughs> subtly what was funny about that comment. And I was like, well, yeah, dude. Uh, if you're trying to make threes, you don't shoot lasers. That's why you're missing. That means your shot's too flat, dude. So <laughs> I, I laughed at that. So but. that's why I'm just like, again, what Candace Parker straight is like, give the ball to LeBron or AD in the mid post and let them let them go to work. No one, like hardly anyone in the league is going to, like you're going to have to go up against a KD, a Giannis, an Embiid. And what's crazy is you don't even have to, ju- you could do that with a LeBron and AD. Well, that no, that that's what <laughs> I'm saying. But unstoppable. like even, even, with like if you put LeBron and KD in that situation, LeBron and Giannis in that situation, it's still a pretty pretty good fucking percentage that you're gonna make that shot, even with like some of the league's best on you. Yeah, and I don't understand why they let Malik Monk go. Like what's yeah. the point of replacing yeah. him with Dennis Schroeder when you already knew you were unhappy who's, with Schroeder? Well, who's because, not playing? Well, no, no, because Schroeder did have his stint in the uh the Euro League where he looked pretty competent, looked like a starter or not a starter, but you know what? a bench guy to come in and dispel and, you know, potentially in my mind, uh, I would take him over Russell in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> just the last little bit of NBA before we, <coughs> excuse me, jump over to uh, baseball, uh, the Clippers, uh, John wall looks like John wall, which makes me happy because, that dude was like the epitome. Wait, was John Wall on the Clippers? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was no. the epitome of stick it out. Because in they needed Washington. another guard. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> stick it out in Washington. But there were some times there when they had Zubots, um, John Wall, Kawhi, Paul George on the floor together. And I can't remember. The, uh, the Clips are uh, 100%. Number, oh, don't forget they have five, Norman Powell who could score no, 20 no, points no, a game yeah, that they don't five, even use. Uh, it starts with a K. Uh, the white dude. Um, oh, uh, uh, Luke Kennard. Kennard, yeah. That that team right there, they looked... Re- and the, the Kawhi came off the bench, which isn't really fair to bench guys. Oh, suddenly now <laughs> Luke Kennard's not just a punching line, and now he's actually some sort of good NBA player? When yeah. did this happen? Yeah, well, he was, he was a good fit in that one. But, but then when they brought Steven Jackson back in with his, uh, his mono-shade glasses, uh, Kennard became more of a liability but i just liked seeing john play like john wall because i've always had respect for how many years that dude stuck around in washington and i am happy was. for him so like that I'm also, that's one of those things i also just like, am just i understand why teams do it and if the end of the day they're paying the player then i guess i have to just accept that this is the way the world works 
But the fact that the Rockets were allowed to effectively mothball John Wall for right. like a year and a right. half is some fucking bullshit, dude. Because yeah. like if I'm a guy on like a borderline Hall of Fame trajectory, which I think you could argue for John Wall, like definitely not surefire Hall of Famer, but if the rate stats he put up he could have put up for 10, 12 straight years. Right. right. Yeah, but like, is this rest going to add, you know, taking that time out of then, is that going to add on to his career later? John Wall has been healthy for a fucking year, dude. Right. Right. A whole it's, ass it's year. He was like ready to play. He was and... ready to play last year, and he started playing, and he immediately was averaging twenty-one points a game. And the Rockets were like, "Uh, nope, fuck this. This <laughs> right, isn't going to help right. our tanking efforts." Right. He has like that would piss me off. I could not have sat there like a good little soldier boy like so, John Wall did. So and I then see, and then you think that, and then you look at your phone, and then you look at your forty mil in your bank account, bank deposit, be like, oh, one one point eight million for sitting here this week. Okay, dope. But All right, but that'll... but that also kind of tells me though. But then, how bad do you want to play? I guess he doesn't care about legacy or any of that shit. Because I wouldn't if I'm healthy and ready. I'm not letting anybody mothball me for right. a year. I I I would like to see the Clippers be the LA team this year that everyone. Because why didn't why didn't he just demand? A, well, I mean, he supposedly demanded in a trade, and they couldn't find one. Bullshit. Yeah. That just means the yeah, Rockets didn't, didn't want to sell yeah, low. Yeah. Uh, okay. Baseball. We'll we'll be back next week with more with more NBA because it's it's about to, the baseballs baseball is, is uh and it's winding down. So Luke, so. break it down for me. Why is this a series that is going so poorly for the Padres? Um, they if you if you go back and look at the the matchups between the Phillies and the Padres earlier in the season, it kind of went like this. The Padres would get one or two in the series, but then the Phillies, used, they either ended up tying or the Phillies ended up taking the series. Um, it's just one of those things out there watching where it's the, up until last game, the bats just hadn't been there. And it was like the, the game, uh, game one with you uh, Darvish. They only got three hits. Mm-hmm. But two of them were home runs. Yep, Darvish wasn't bad, but no. And then, and then uh, on the other side, the and then Manny is doing everything. <laughs> that man but is Bryce doing Harper is he can. still like, Bryce Harper is that guy. He's still that well, guy. And that's and why that's, it's, it's my roommate. We're talking about this too. It's like, man, how mad do you got to be as a Padres fan or as a Tatis Junior supporter right now? Because right. that's your guy that cancels out Harper. Oh yeah, because if Tatis is in the game with Soto. And Machado, and that bottom of our batting order that gets on base with Nola and is uh, this a unit for the Padres going to be together the same for the next yeah, season? Yeah, they'll be together except, for a yeah, while. except not a uh, Will Myers is up, yeah, so yeah. he's he's probably out. Uh, Josh Bell is also one. That I wonder is up. what you're going to do with him. Um, he's much better than he was for you guys. Pretty much all of our first baseman options are going to be. So I'm not gonna lie. Gone. If you guys don't take Josh Bell, I'll take him on my Cubs as like a yeah. tweener till we get the. He he put up a four war season even without being able to hit lefties whatsoever. Right. So, so so one thing one thing that I think is good though is, uh, when Tatis comes back, we have someone like a Hassan Kim on mm-hmm. the team that is like the epitome of a utility player. He can do everything. So if even if we don't have that, you know, big hitting for we could put Drury on first base. Um, you could even put Kim on first base when Tatis comes back, and we're still good. Yeah. Like, we're still good. So we have, like, I think two more years is our window with a lot of these contracts. 
All the money than, you guys spend, you guys need a big lefty bat to sandwich right. between Tatis and Machado. Yeah, I and think. then and then sprinkle Soto in there. Yeah. Oh, I guess Soto would be that answer, but he's uh, but we so can good hitting have more. near the top of the two. <laughs> I still gonna... think you need another one because like Cronenworth and uh, Cronenworth is he's sometimes is... good. Oh, was, oh, and then the other guy who hits like two hundred in your outfield, Grisham, Grisham, yeah. or Profar. Grisham, Grisham Grisham's the one who hit like 196 this yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, but he has some power. But it's like right. you need somebody more than that. Like if you're going to be that archetype, you need to be Kyle Schwarber. Right. right like I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just last game I thought I was like, okay, here's, here's the game. Here's your when offense. We scored, when we scored four runs in the top of the first inning, I was like, there we go. This is what I wanted. Oh, they gave up three, and then it was all of a sudden it was four to four, and then it was six to four, and then it was six to six, and then it was six to eight, and then it was six to ten, and the game was over. And with man, like, with, with with what we always see in these big clutch <sighs> games is managers trying so hard to like push a magic button that they are like, you know what, I want what I think is my best arm in there, not the guy that's actually the most like mentally used to handling right. this situation, which is why, as you and I talked before the pod. We aren't fans of putting in Sean Manaya in right. the middle of that right. game, even right. if he's starting with a clean inning and all that and has adequate time to warm up. He's just not a reliever. It's just not something mm-hmm. – the mental preparation going into a game as the starter versus a reliever is much, right. much different. Right, right. You're not used to the warm-up pattern. You're not used to the stretching routine. You're not used to – you don't even know what batters you're going to face, so your mm-hmm. game planning with your catcher and the way you watch video is a little different. <laughs> like – I just I just have flashbacks to when the Cubs almost blew the freaking World Series by trying to put John Lester in in like the sixth inning. Right, and I'm just right. like, dude, starting pitchers are notorious creatures of habit. Leave them in their habit. Yeah. Relievers are notoriously the ones who are more flexible because they have to learn to be that way their whole freaking career. They're the ones by who are by design ready for whatever's happening. Right. So put one of them in, right. and if you got seven of them down there, you really telling me you couldn't think of one guy who wasn't your closer, Josh Hader, that you could have put in right. in the middle innings right. to just get you there? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as as it looks right now, I do, and barring a miracle, and again, I'm keeping the faith over here um, that they'll that they'll pull something out. But it looks like we're gonna probably get a Phillies Astros. This is so, uh, Dan. Oh, oh. Will you please break down the uh, Yankees Astros <laughs> series for uh, us? The Astros Yan- are Yan- wiping the yeah, floor with y- the uh, Yeah, I will get to that in a second. I just want to make a point that um, on the last point on the Phillies Padres series, I just love the crowds in both cities. They're both like oh, yeah. properly electric, like they're supposed right. to be for this. And it makes me happy because I know the ratings probably aren't great for any of these playoff games because mm. basketball and football are kind of taken away from it. But I got to say, even though I don't really like the Phillies or any Philadelphia sports, really the only thing I like about them is Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and their crowd was lit. Mm-hmm. It was pretty impressive. And uh, this is also where I think baseball's format really does hurt um, the the lower seed. And not, not that I'm, oh, it needs to be changed right away, but like there is a difference in how the NBA playoffs don't make you play three games in a row on the road right. and baseball does. Right. And I think it matters because if I'm the Padres, it's like, yeah, I'm down, but normally I'd be going home, home for, for game couple, five. Yeah. If this is the NBA and I'd feel a lot better than three games in a row in fucking right. crazed right. Philadelphia. Right. Like that's hard. 
mm. real hard. Okay, yeah. anyway, moving on. Unfortunately, the Astros are kicking the Yankees' ass because they're pitching even behind Justin Verlander is outstanding. Their entire staff is like... And they're all young, right? Uh, yeah, no, they're young. They're dudes you've never heard of, and they all have an ERA under three, and they're coming for you. Like, they... Jose so is or Kitty is it or, coaching or is it just raw talent and they just got lucky? It's a both, both. But I would actually say the Astros are an impressively system developmental right. oriented yep. organization. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate them, as scummy as they are, they have fucking NASA employees running their front office, dude. Like, not I'm not kidding. I have applied for various MLB jobs, including the Astros back in the day. Yeah, they literally hire like all Ivy Leaguers, all ex NASA people who are just like bored of it and just wanted to do sports. Like, it's... hey, you could have got on with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> pe- 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 people who are just like eyeballing shit. Yeah, he yeah. looks good. Man, kid's got an arm. He's got. Boys, I saw that man slam eighteen PBRs. He's got. He's big, got what it takes. He's got big broad <laughs> shoulders and a hot girlfriend. That means confidence. Yeah. Where's he from? Kansas, oh yeah, get one of them corn-fed boys. Yeah, yep, that's my level Rangers, of scouting. Rangers scouting department. Yeah, so uh, we apologize to the Texas Rangers organization. How's that Corey Seager contract looking? <laughs> I have Sorry. absolutely no expertise in this field. Do not uh, respect my opinion. Also, the Rangers' new ballpark looks like a soulless industrial warehouse on the inside. Right. I'm sorry, I'm right. saying it. It's just right. as bad as the Diamondback Stadium. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the Astros pitching has been slowly meticula- meticulating even with that behind Justin Verlander, even without mm. Garrett Cole for the last couple of years. Um, I like they literally, I have to go look at their roster and click on their names. And then every single time I'm like, huh, what? Oh, wow. Like right. with all of them past right. Justin Verlander. And although their offense has taken some hits, uh, cause you mm. know, they don't have George Springer anymore. Right. You know. The reality Jorge is, Springu? they've got, they've still got enough. And as much as I hate Bregman, he's been all right. Yeah, you know, Jordan Alvarez is an absolute would, monster from either. You I know, think it will be, it'll be much easier to not despise the Astros once all of the all, players, you know, have them. have moved on. I, I even their, to me, Jim Crane can't be the owner of the team either. I right. hate he's. Right. I can't forgive his speech where he was so smug. In oh, his press yeah. conference, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, like after yeah. the punishment came down, and he still was adamant that what they did didn't really affect anything, and that he was almost key and like Correa and Altuve were just they were like glib in the fact it's like man well you can't do anything about it anyway and we yeah. still won. Especially and, Altuve was the one that was uh, every time I see him I'm just like get out of here. Yeah, you and Correa, Correa is pretty pretty smug yeah. and douchey about yeah. it too, which is why I don't want him on my Cubs and. Yeah. We're linked um, to him. Anyway, I, it's really not a deep analysis. The short TL D, didn't read Reddit analysis of this is the Yankees' bats have stopped working. Yep. And their offense, although the Yankees also can pitch quite well, their if offense. If you can't score. If you can't score. And the thing is, their offense is very much built on that like recent uh, all or nothing slug and walk kind of mm-hmm. money ball approach, which we've seen the last seven, eight years get really exploited sometimes in the playoffs right. when you've got pitchers who can like execute their pitches 90 plus percent of the time. Mm-hmm. They know where the holes in your swing is for the big bad slugger. They either know where you're going to just sit and stare at it and take it, and they know where your hole is you're going to swing and miss it. So as long as they can hit those two spots, you're fucked. Right. And that's what's happening with the Yankees. Right. Right. So... 
So yeah, we'll probably get once next week. We'll know for sure um, who's who's going to be there, but um, and then we'll get uh, we'll get our um, predictions once uh, once we get there. But let's jump uh, to our last segment. Talk about uh, NFL. Um, we had a Thursday night game that gave me one of the best gifts I've ever seen in my life with depressed Andy Dalton, <laughs> while. <laughs> The man that just picked him off is diving in the background into the end zone. That was hilarious. Hollywood couldn't have gotten a better shot than that cameraman. He you, captured every uh, part of that, it of was, that sequence. It you know, was the, the, glorious. The, the, the glorious celebration of the Cardinals player, the absolute despair on the Red Rockets' face. Oh, it was amazing. I have done my fair share of hating on Andy Dalton, of course, because of his tenure as the Bears. But that was more because of the Bears' front office decision see, to pick him up. See, and I they was I him... was hating on Andy Dalton back when he played in TCU <laughs> in those games against because that was when Utah, BYU, and TCU oh, were really, yeah, really I, good. I, I had no clue who he was at that. Oh, point. they were. It, that was one of those three teams. Was the Bowl Buster, the BCS Buster that that year OTCU I remember yeah, yeah they and were. so it was either BYU usually got bumped out but it was usually Utah or TCU or Boise State those were the three that that were just constantly in there and Andy Dalton was the the, the quarterback and he beat us two years in a row and then we finally beat him it was the 2009 when we when Utah beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl so um yeah so I've 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 been harassing Andy Dalton since he was a college student. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just don't wish that level of embarrassment on any competitor mm-hmm. unless they've actually Once done something Once he got in the league, wrong. I didn't give a shit about him, but cuz I just I even what little level of competition I've tasted, I know what it feels like to feel like you've let your team down and right. no matter what anybody tells you, whatever attaboys do better like you, everybody knows including you, it was you. Mm. And they're, you and everyone else around you is going to say the right shit, but it does not make the feeling any better. Right. <laughs> and I right, just, right. you got to be, I hope, I, I, all I pray for is the, the competitors who have made it to that level have developed much better coping skills than I ever did because <laughs> I would be distraught after right. that. Um, so, yeah, Arizona ended up uh, coming away with that one. Uh, they won 42 to 34. So there was, That's what's there crazy. Was they apparently uh, needed we, both I think, of those I believe we sixes. had a unanimous decision Correct. here yes. saying the Cardinals were going to win. All of us said the same thing because D- D-Hop. D-Hop came back. <laughs> and yep. lo and behold, their offense just game. I mean, the two pick sixes. Uh, and then they also no, got uh, but, uh, Boy from Carolina, too, in there, too, that helped jumpstart oh, the yeah, offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, so that was good. All right, we will go through the games, and let's get the picks. Uh, they are kind of going now, but I have don't look at the scores. I will tell you the teams. Uh, so we have uh, Falcons at Bengals. Who do you got, Dan? Uh, okay, well, I would have taken the Bengals. I have no choice but to look at the scores because that's where my list is at. Um, yes, I was going to take the Bengals anyway because I don't believe in the Falcons' defense at all. Okay, so. I had the Bengals as well. Blair. Yeah, I think the Bengals are starting okay. to heat up. Lions at Cowboys. Okay, look. Blair's taking and I the know. NFC North winning <laughs> The Lions. NFC North winning Lions. <laughs> Yep. Are gonna destroy hey, Dak man. Prescott in his hey, return. Hey, the division looks like no one wants to win it so far. Right. So unless you're Minnesota. 
And yeah, even then um, they might get there so, with like ten wins. So I I think the Cowboys are going to win this one. Yeah, Dak's great at putting up numbers in garbage time, and the Lions' offense makes all the time garbage time. So, or no, the Lions' defense makes all the time garbage time. You know, four hundred and forty-five yards allowed per game. So, all right, or whatever it is. Next, we have the Colts at the Titans. I've got the Titans taking this one because they kind of like as much as I hate Vrabel and the Titans. It's just like he's just no matter what miscellaneous trash he has on his team, <laughs> the Titans just keep winning games. Yeah. And, and also, the Colts are in a uh, renting QBs does not work. Yeah, the only, there was I can think of one time that it has worked two times. Sorry. You got Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. That's it. Those are the only times renting a QB has worked. It's about right. I mean, it. Well, I guess if you're counting only going to the Super Bowl as a thing, you. Yeah, yeah, because like that's why you're renting one of these old quarterbacks, right? You're trying to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna throw out the uh, Joe Montana on the Chiefs. They didn't win a Super Bowl, but they. How were... many years did he play? Three. I, I feel like rental Three? is two and under. I, I think um, that's... But no, his first year there, they were out, not a playoff team, and then they were immediately a playoff team. So that's... It's also a situation that in general, we don't have a big, huge sample size right, of happening right. in the NFL because of how overly disproportionate QBs are valued. Right. So I don't think, I, I don't I think it's the... disproportionate. Like, they do... Well, okay. They literally are yeah, touching the ball that's every fair. play. Okay, yeah, so maybe like, it's unfair to say that, but they're... But but so I mean because I, of that there's not a lot of examples. Yeah. Yeah. I had the Titans as well. Take the home Me team. Me too. Okay. Next we have the Green Bay Packers at the Wentzless Commanders. <laughs> Man, do we even have to like I, listen? I don't know. Maybe the yeah, Commanders are better say, without. Wentz. I was gonna say last. I mean, week, Heine, the like, did you guys really... see Heineke uh, when he was talking to Carson once? He was like, "Hey, man." Let me know if you got injured because I have a vacation scheduled for next weekend. So, like, <laughs> let me know. Like, this man had no idea. He was, he, he had, it's like when you're talking to your coworker and you're like, hey, man, uh, I think I'm going to quit. And it's their weekend off. And they're like, oh, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, Aaron Rodgers is going to win the game. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers. Well, yeah, you can't do two of these right. in a row, right? Because right. he really right. should have won the last two games that they mm. didn't win. So, yeah. fine, Packers. Okay, we have the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the fire sale. Uh, Carolina Panthers. I don't think there's any reason to not pick Tom Brady every week. Like, I know, I know there's a part of me that should pick against him, but it's like... I. It's Tom Brady. I just yeah. want the Panthers to keep this one close, tied, or be ahead by three at halftime so we can get another amazing Tom Brady soundbite about how he didn't leave <laughs> his wife and kids to lose to Kenny ba- fucking Pickett. To Baker fucking Mayfield. Yeah, or Sam um, fucking Darnold. Yeah. Okay, so we have the uh, New York Giants at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, spoiler alert time. I, that is totally why you I think I'm going to have to go with the Giants on this one because my dark horse candidate pick for coach of the year is Brian Dable and he is coming out here and making it hard for anyone trying to come in and be a first year head coach because he came into a team that let's 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 say it everyone said was trash like Daniel Jones was an absolute bust and he's come in here and turned him into a five and one team in one season right 
Like New York football is nine and three. What? Yeah. Like, oh God, don't turn on ESPN because that's all you're gonna fucking hear. Ugh. Um, I yeah, I I have the Giants as well. Um, boy, hold on. Yeah, you're. I do love Dable though. Uh, hold on, I'm still kind of. And it's like he's got an head. energy that you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna still take the Jaguars. I just okay. there were they were a pick for me to be a sleeper team. They've let me down. I'm going Jags. Okay. Uh, next we have the Browns at the Ravens. I think um, the purple Cleveland team is gonna take this. One. <laughs> Lane flips out when he hears this. Um, yeah, I think the Ravens will will take it too. Even though it looks like they're gonna have a lead at halftime, and uh, this year if the Ravens have a lead at halftime, it doesn't end well for them. Um, I'll take the Browns just because Nick Chubb's the truth, and I've yep. never seen anyone stop him yet, really. <laughs> Nobody. Yep. Uh, okay, so next we have the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Russell mm. Wilson-less Denver Broncos. That so actually makes it hands harder. Hands down, Jets. Uh, again, God, I, just, I feel like I'm just echoing uh, all of the pundits, but the Jets' defense... Is kind of legit. That's what they got when they hired Robert Sala from the 49ers. They and got like, that defense. And it just looks like the 49ers of the East because the it's all like this trick, uh, you know, a lot of movement on offense. Like Zach Wilson's stat lines don't ever look, haven't looked great yet, but they're winning. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and it's like, God damn it, New York. Stop right. it. I am right. just so, I want you to be bad. I am so nervous expecting a New York team to like win me a bet of any, even for free, even with nothing <laughs> at stake. I'm still like, man, do I really count on the Jets for anything? Mm. All right, let's do it. Uh, Jet GTS, New Jersey Jets, Jets, Jets. Okay. Yeah, I'm picking the Jets as well. Um, all right. Yes, I know it's J E T S. I was kidding. Uh, now we've got uh, the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders coming off their bye week. I have the Raiders in this one. Yeah, I think uh, I just don't. Man, this Raiders team. I think they have underwhelmed everybody so far. Uh, who's here? But, you go. but they're also who's, due. Who's more underwhelming, the Raiders or the Broncos? Oh, the Broncos. 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 Easy. <laughs> because people were coming in. People were just willy-nilly slinging Russell Wilson MVP this year. Broncos. Mm-hmm. Broncos know, Super Bowl. Right. Oh. Hey, so, listen. Yeah. We need to go back and listen to how many uh, people on this show put the Broncos in the playoffs when no, I put I the did, Raiders yeah, in the playoffs. We did. I just I just want to throw that out there. We no, did. we're all, we uh, were all <laughs> high on the AFC West, and we all should have known that there were only going to be two teams that actually came out of it. Because yeah. their quarterbacks but are if you, actually legit. If you talk to Raiders fans, this is the start of their undefeated run for the rest of the okay. season. Well, and I will uh, say, though, at least the Raiders have played a more entertaining brand of football than the Broncos. Their games have been close, but not because of incompetence like the Broncos. They're close because they're these like well, gut-wrenching, like, horrible right? losses. Like they have that, like a top 10, yeah, no, top if five you add, If you add all of the points that the Raiders have lost to, it might be 10 points. Like the Raiders' losses are disappointing <laughs> because they're games they truly could have won and came on by the short two, end of. By they, one. They're, no, the Broncos are disappointing because they're like... Their offense is like Iowa football. Right. It's like literally as bad as right. the Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, and and Russell Wilson is after watching the the Monday night game and being a Chargers fan and just eating it up because there were so many passes that he just he doesn't actually look in the middle of the field. There were so many times where a tight end or a running back just went out on a leak and then just turned around for like 
five to seven yards, and he just didn't see him. Just didn't even yeah. look. I think a lot of the problem with the Broncos also is the the head coach. Just um, sucks. He he needs to. They, and does this also to pay credence to? Is Pete Carroll actually a good football coach? Because Geno Smith so. is looking like Russell Wilson did. I was going to say, apparently Russell, system, Russell Wilson was way more of a system quarterback right. than we ever realized. Um, and speaking of Seattle, that's the next game we have. The Seahawks at the Chargers. Okay, wait, quick last note. Does anyone else agree with me that Nathaniel Hackett looks like Walmart uh, Pete Carroll? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah. Yep. 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 Thank you. Confirmed. All right, well, I think the Chargers are going to take this. Mostly because I think Keenan Allen is playing. And with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field, our offense in a home game. Well, I mean, like, honestly, our home games don't matter. It's going to be a fucking Seahawks home game. Like, whatever. We play road games every game. That's why I think the Chargers can do well in the playoffs because we play road games 18 games. You want to know why I think the Chargers are going to win this week? Because according to the Los Angeles Chargers, they are going to be wearing your favorite uniform's favorite uniform, the navy blue, old school, not old school, but 90s Chargers. Inspired. Inspired. Uh, if, they, if, they just, if they just flipped the helmets and wore blue helmets with the white lightning bolt and put white lightning on the shoulder bolt, that would just be... Um, I mean, regardless that, of what your fantasy is of editing is, them, they, I like that all, those blue. jerseys themselves That's a really nice are shade really of blue good. Because it it's not quite as dark as the old like LT Junior Seau era ones. I think it's the same blue. It's the, it's the same blue, but I, it's, it's like a little shinier to me. It's yeah, got a little. It more... could just be the the the, the new modern photos of it versus <laughs> yeah, maybe photos the light, from. Maybe but the it's, it's that on. same navy blue. It's yeah. It just looks like a hair more fluorescent or something it's the yellow yeah the yellow is a lot more uh but i I prefer blues like that compared to like a baby blue or me too this is watch if they blow the seahawks out it's all going to be because of the jerseys and speaking of if they blow the seahawks out i'm not trying to be superstitious but uh the chargers three game win streak that they've been on (laughs) after they tried to fuck themselves in cleveland (laughs) Mm mm-hmm uh, I had been wearing uh, Herbert jerseys the first few games, but I've been donning the LT the la- this last three game win streak, and uh, you know I uh, I see no try reason to keep to, that up. Yeah, I'm going to try and keep that up. But uh, yeah, the navy jerseys seem to be lucky for me so far this right. season. So who do you got, Dan? Chargers. And so speaking of awesome jerseys, the next game, the Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers, and they're wearing the 1994 throwback. With the with the white pants and the the shaded numbers, I still think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm picking against my team, um, even though the Chiefs' secondary is horrendous right now. They're at least the starters. Um, where San Francisco t- does not have, they have I think now four because Hufunga's not playing, concussion protocol. Um, I mean, we're getting Verrett back. We're getting Bosa back. And we have Fred Warner. So, Wait, like, we're those... talking about the Niners, right? Right, right. So, <laughs> Not the I mean, Chargers from... but yeah, the different the difference between the Niners is like they have depth on that defense. But when you're not, when you don't have, again, it's like starting a six man, right? When you have a guy that usually comes in on certain downs, and now he's not coming in on those downs, and he's having to start, really throws off his throws off his game. And we saw that big time in Atlanta. That defense was not the defense that we saw the first part of the year. 
And everything um, that Marcus Mariota was able to do to you, Patrick Mahomes can do that, but better. Yes, yes. So um, we will see. Um, it's a hard one. Because like, you think I, they're going to get I some gotta, kind of a juicy morale boost from the trade, right? I got to get my right, contr- then that's, contrary that's the other thing. That's week. the other thing that we needed to talk about. The Christian McCaffrey is now a San Francisco 49er after everyone on this show doubted me. <laughs> I, well, it's because we all, I know we valued that. we valued Christian McCaffrey higher than the Panthers. I just I just, I just I just figured the Panthers weren't ready for like another damn rebuild. They weren't even done with this rebuild. I don't even think they were. They didn't even like commit to this rebuild. Yeah, maybe not. Like the commitment was getting Sam Darnold, <laughs> right? Like, the and then was, Baker oh, Mayfield. If we just fix our quarterback. We'll be fine. Yeah. So th- I think they're finally accepting the blow up. And I did, I did see a report that they are ship, they're shopping uh, Brian Burns as well, and they want two first round draft picks. But they have already rejected. I didn't see what team or if it's been revealed. They already rejected a team's offer of two first round right, draft picks. So right. what do you, what do you want, <laughs> Higher Carolina? Slots. We want, we want so, better. We listen, want two first round draft picks. Just, Here's two first round draft picks. Not those first-round draft picks. I just want to say that the 49ers beat the Panthers so bad they got their head coach fired and took their best player. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Within a week. Yeah. But uh, on that note, uh, this That's is my like coming in of the week. I think the Niners are going to be the Chiefs. Someone comes I'm in, punches, punches you in the face, and takes your hat. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what the 49ers did to Carolina. Yeah, you know what? I'm also going to bet on the 49ers. Go ahead. Okay. Screw okay. it. Beat me again, Mahomes. I don't All right. Care. Uh, so then the Sunday night game, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Miami Dolphins with Tua coming back. Is Kenny Pickett starting or is Mitchell Trubisky starting? Good question. I don't know. I think it's I think it's Pickett because they 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 won. He did. I, he did they go won in, last uh, week. He did go out with a concussion. So um, I don't know what his status hmm. is for this game. I'm taking Dolphins if two is... Yeah, but uh, the Dolphins are... like. What's so frustrating for me is I hate that Luke was so right about this at the beginning (laughs) of the season. And it's like, had Tua played these last... uh, All these losses, had he played through them, they might be four and two, five and one. So go with the Dolphins over this because they... Again... Pickett has cleared concussion. Okay, so so. Pickett's probably going to play. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, the Monday night game, we have the Chicago Bears visiting the New England Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> Why do we keep putting my team yeah. in a primetime slot? What producer <laughs> seriously thought Justin Fields was going to be good this year? That must be what they thought. At least. And I, think, once I again. think the Broncos played themselves out of every single primetime game for the next three years, um, seeing as four of their six games were primetime. Uh, and they were all garbage. All of um, them, and it's like the Chargers have a good offense, but the Bronco. The, the problem is the Broncos have like the thirty second offense and the number one defense. Exactly so the offense, same thing that happened to the Forty ers when they lost by a point. They had one good drive, and it's like, oh man, the team's playing the Broncos kind of look trash, and it's like, no, 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 the Broncos defense is is fucking solid. Like, you, I will shit on them all I want, but it's their offense that it lose is losing them games. And their yeah. defense is winning them games. And I guess back to the Bears, I guess, because that's the team we were on. It's just like, I don't know, Justin Fields has made some good throws that receivers should have caught, but also balls he could have put a little further out to not make them such ke- tough catches. Right. Maybe a little pitch and catch instead of trying to stand there in the pocket to make the perfect little corner float ball. And in, when a guy has four yards of separation, just, just deliver the ball. Like, <sighs> 
I don't know. I'm still not over that loss last right. week. And, uh, <laughs> and and it's and it's only going to get worse because Bill Belichick is super good at exploiting simplistic schemes. The Bears run fairly simplistic schemes, although not quite as bad as under right. like Eberflus is doing a pretty good job. I'm encouraged by that. What I what I when I can tell because this is a young defense and we're not committing penalties. Oh, it's great. I love that. Um and in general, I am happy about our young, super cheap defense on our $140 million of cap space we're going to have before we have to pay any of them. Um, but yeah, it's just the Patriots have low-key been hot. You know, they're zapping people out here with uh, Zappy. And they've got Zap. Matt Jones back for this. Which I don't know makes if that even it, makes it, them does better. That change, does, it, does that does change it, Yeah, do, what is, what, where does that even move the needle for them? Like, there's... <laughs> I'm ready I to get hurt know. again, Dan. I just know that the Bears I'm aren't ready winning. for my uh, Dude, second on the upset road. peak. Of they're this. on the road on top <laughs> oh, of it. Uh, okay, listen. I was saying that like the Niners winning, that's in the ballpark. This is my real upset pick of the week. <laughs> All right, Luke, get ready. When when Blair says we want to have like a like a clip for the intro of our show, <laughs> the, the Chicago bad Bears are going to beat the are, Patriots on the, the road. The Chicago Bears are going to take down the New England Patriots on the road in Foxborough, butting up. Mark thir- that at one hour and four minutes. Are they going to put up more than 30 <laughs> points or can you even? No, no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, um, you know, I have been thinking to myself, I don't think it's going to be this week. One of these weeks, Justin Fields is just going to absolutely just get so sick of everything. He's just going to like snap and go super saiyan. And despite all of the bad offensive line and bad everything, he's just going to find some way to have some 300 plus yard or, game where he like actually, or he, or he just leaves the stadium. Like, or Antonio just, yeah, Brown. no, he's just going to like quit <laughs> or just be like, Nope, I'm going to ascend now. I don't care how bad the rest of you are. Like, so, uh, is that is that our picks for the week? Yeah, that's our picks for the week. I do want to update uh, everyone on uh, the Bad Take Sports uh, Fantasy Basketball. Um, we are the third highest scoring team uh, in the league, and uh, we are currently winning 902 to 892. Um, they only have uh, one player playing today, and we have six, so I think it's going to be... Smells uh, like a dub. Sounds, yeah. Most excellent. Yeah, and we've got, listen, we've got some Donkic, Jimmy Butler, Bull Bull got us 26 points on Saturday with six points, five rebounds, four blocks. Bull Bull is looking like the player that everyone was like, come on, Bull, you can do this. You just need a shot. Yeah, And once once Chris He's Middleton a- comes back from injury, that's going to give our team another boost. So uh, stay tuned for next week, and we'll give you an uh, update on on how, how our bad take sports fans uh, basketball game is going. You guys have anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, just wanted to ask you if just one final question. Do you think Christian McCaffrey pushes your team over? I think us being healthy pushes our team forward, but as we have seen the last since Shanahan took over, it doesn't really matter who is back there running the ball because they're going to rush for about 900 yards. And they're gonna look good as long as they stay healthy. They're gonna rush for nine hundred yards. How much do you guys uh, pass catch out of the backfield? A lot. Well, McCaffrey's great at that because that's that's the thing that's that's the thing I think that's gonna be interesting to see because you have Debo that does the same thing but reverse. He's a receiver that can come back and play running back. You've got uh, there's just so many weapons back there between Kittle, Usechek, now McCaffrey and Debo. That is a lot of weapons. There's a lot of versatility <clears throat> back there. 
So it's just getting the ball in their hands because that zone run scheme that the Niners have is is top is top notch. So if I doubt we see him much this week, if at all, like he's on he's supposed to make his debut, but he doesn't know the playbook. He just got there on Saturday. He doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know the schemes. Like yeah, he played against them, so we watched it. So they're only going to put him in a few times. Jeff Wilson is still the starting running back until that changes. Um, but also the Niners are like one of those stable of running backs teams. So he'll get his touches. Don't expect anything big this week from him. Mm. But the that's, week that's a good, after, good analysis. I think I think we're going to see more because it takes time to learn I, I a was, playbook. I was completely forgetting they about that They bring him part. in on halfback dive, right, halfback right. stretch. Swing pass. Basic screen. screen basic stre- screen but pass. Even on, if you even get him like three, four screens this game, I bet you he'll get you 40 Look, yards out of that minimum. So, so a play that I'm really excited to see that they've run before is a fake wide receiver screen halfback draw when it's up to the quarterback to either... Screen to Debo Samuel or draw up the middle with Christian McCaffrey. And you have uh, Kittle out blocking for one of them and Juszczyk blocking for the other one Mm. with Trent Williams back on that offensive line and McGlinchey back in on that offensive line. Potential. Hey, maybe potential, potential, potential. You might finally be able to run CMC up the middle and not cringe and fear for his life. Then, right, (laughs) that would be good because you got a lot of big guys in front of him. Um, But all right, guys, that's all we have for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Peace.